Hello and welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Real AFM network. I'm Quinn Rose, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Jillian Parker. Hey, Quinn. How are you? Well, I'm good. How are you, Jillian? I am so excited because I just discovered the amazingness, the, the perfection that is Hamilton the musical. And I I know I am V late to the party, but I just... I just love it so much, and John Jay is my revolutionary crush, and even though he isn't really a big part or any part in the in the soundtrack, he does, like, get mentioned when they talk about the Federalist Papers, and, okay, John Jay is bae, but anyways, yes, so that's, that's my week. How about you, Quinn? How's your new year starting off? Wait, Jillian has left out the most important part of this story, which is that she discovered Hamilton this week and also got a ticket to Hamilton. <laughs> Okay, it's not like I won the lottery or anything with this ticket. Like, I didn't, like, I'm paying, okay, when I say I got a ticket, my grandmother got me a ticket for one person, because the seats are ridiculously expensive, for Columbus Day 2017. So on October 7th, I will be (laughs) seeing Hamilton. (laughs) That's so great, great, though. Like, I am simultaneously incredibly jealous and very happy for you. I was, I was just going to be like, oh my god, don't worry, I'll Snapchat you the whole thing. But then I was like, one, no, you, you don't have a Snapchat. And two, that's illegal and that's a felony. So I will not be doing either of those. Yeah, please please do none of those things. But no, it's going to be really cool. And I'll, the, the thing about Jillian, which I feel like we've mentioned before, is that um, she loves rap more than anyone else I know. <laughs> okay, I think she's being a little dramatic, but I do like rap a lot. And the fact that a whole... They're, I can't. Okay, me and Quinn are on Skype right now, and she like knows that I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting like very emotional. We need to stop talking about this <laughs> because then I'll just go into this whole rant. Okay, if Jillian's gonna make it through the podcast, we have to stop. So uh, let's take a deep breath. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are you I'm good? Cool. I'm cool. The other thing about today's recording is that, um, so I'm in New York, not seeing Hamilton, but whatever, uh, and I'm not in a very sound-secure room. You may hear airplanes going by, um, you may hear ambient noise. I'm gonna try to edit out as much of it as I can. It is what it is. Sorry, fam. We're gonna get through this together. But the Wi-Fi seems to be really good because, Quinn, I can see you very clearly on Skype right now. So that's good. I know the, the Wi-Fi is so much better here. <laughs> Regardless, we're just going to jump right into it. And today we have um, one of the best pieces of news we've ever talked about, which is that there's a whole new organ. Yes, get excited. So basically after, well, I don't know, years of pretty much all the body parts being what they are, uh, they discovered a new organ called the mesentery organ which is basically a part of your digestive tract. Um, Quinn, do you want to elaborate on that? No. (laughs) No. um, So what it actually is, it's part of the lining in your abdominal cavity. Um, So it's like part of the whole system that attaches your intestine into your abdomen and kind of keeps everything where it should be. And for many, many, many years, uh, scientists just thought it was parts of other things and just parts of um, other organs and then they discovered and confirmed that in fact it is one fully complete organ that's actually doing this and they named it 
uh, mesentery. Okay, not the first choice I would have gone with. You would have just named it Jillian, so... Okay, yeah, or Parker, but that's fair. I would have probably named it after myself in some format, but um, what's... I'm trying to remember back to AP Bio. So an organ is defined as a bunch of tissues that are specialized for one specific purpose, right? Sure. Biology was so long ago, Julian. <laughs> it's cells, tissues, organ, hum- like then system. And tissues are just like specialized cells. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's right. As you can see, we're both very into uh, <laughs> the medicine, the medicinal sciences. It's too bad we're not at school because our pre-med roommate could help us out, but alas. Yes, 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 she could have. But we're seeing her tomorrow, so that's, sorry. Sorry this is, like, so personal, everyone. I'm, I'm see- I think I'm so excited right now because this is the first time. Is this the first time that we've, like, oh, no. But, like, in a week. In a week, though. That we've, talk- we've talked face-to-face. And then tomorrow we'll actually be face-to-face. Anyway, we're just in a good mood today. The, the point here is that there is a new organ in our body. Well, <laughs> this is not correct. The organ has always been there uh, for a very long time, but we did not realize it was there, which I feel like just is further proof that the human beings um, as a species have no idea what's going on at all. So medical textbooks are being updated as we speak, which I just think is really cool because I feel like that's something that they haven't had to do in a long time. I mean, I feel like the medical textbooks are probably updated a lot because... I mean, I feel, we are discovering new things all the time, but I, I always got the impression that they were, that we kind of had the basics down. Um, because I know, I mean, especially um, with like little things about diseases and as we're discovering different causes and cures and stuff like that. But I thought we had anatomy pretty, pretty set. Like we, we understood human anatomy. Turns out, nope. <laughs> Apparently we've just been missing things. Who knows what else could be in there? It's not like there was something... It's not like there was like a heart-sized organ shoved in your leg that they just didn't notice. This is a very small thing among other things, but still. When I was talking about the medical textbooks um, being updated as we speak, obviously they are updated pretty frequently. As Quinn said, new things are being discovered every day, but I was sort of going for the more um, that the illustrations, at least the diagrams and the graphics, have to be somewhat tweaked with considering there is a whole new organ and even though it's not big like Quinn said and it's not in this random place in our leg there's still going to have to be like new arrows and new captions and things like that my sister is actually really interested in art and like her lifelong dream is to um illustrate medical textbooks or like those med school coloring books that all the pre-med students have but I don't want to tell her that it's like much of the human body has already been discovered and I'm pr- I feel like they have all the traces and pretty much the general idea and it's just like different reinterpretations of the body from different angles that they can do with a computer. But I wasn't going to tell her that. But I think it's cool that this new organ sort of maybe gives her, well, she's too young to kind of jump on the bandwagon. So still not a lot of hope for my sister when it comes to her future career. First of all, uh, your sister's kind of weird. <laughs> my sister... Okay, my sister is weird, but she is undeniably so much cooler than I am. Like, at least when I was in high school. Actually, probably now. She's probably still a lot cooler than I am, but... I mean, I think you're pretty cool. Aw, Quinn. Another really interesting fun fact about the discovery of this organ is that actually Leonardo da Vinci knew about it and included it in his drawings and then people were just like nah that's not a thing for hundreds of years and then they have to go back and be like hmm this is a thing 
Ugh, Da Vinci is my renaissance crush. I have various crushes, like kind of like celebrity crushes, but historical figure crushes for like every different time period. All right, I take it back. You're not cool. <laughs> it already has its own Wikipedia page, which of course I expected because they update Wikipedia very frequently, but that's so cool. Well, I mean, they've already put it into Grey's Anatomy. Wait, what? Wait, wait, the book, not the TV show. Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Quinn. Okay, first of all, what? <laughs> wait, that's so funny because I was thinking to myself, I hope they incorporate this into the next episode, of, like the next season of Grey's Anatomy because my th mom would be like really down with that because she loves Grey's Anatomy. But then you said Grey's Anatomy, meaning the textbook, and our minds are in the same place, but not really. So I just think that's our telepathy going on right now, Quinn. I think that's a, the use of a really effective pun for a television show. I just think it's weird, two things, that one, we can not know about what's in our body, and two, that it doesn't matter? Well, here's the thing. It, it matters uh, to the scientist. It just doesn't matter to me because I don't know a lot of what's in my body, and yet I continue to use it. I also feel like this sort of just validates my comfort with not I used I had like an existential crisis when I was taking bio and it just made me realize like how much of ourselves that we don't know all of these cellular processes are happening inside us and we sort of know what's going on or at least the experts know what's going on but I have a test on this so I just need to memorize the basics but it just got me thinking that like I still don't know so much about my own body and then the fact that they come up with this organ that a lot of people didn't know we all had it's just it's just crazy to me it validates your bad bio grade <laughs> nothing can validate my bad bio grade except me retaking the class and putting in more effort but that is <sighs> on the other hand here it is really cool that they have discovered this organ because the people who actually know what they're talking about can use this knowledge to like help pinpoint diseases better and maybe come up with new discoveries for helping um certain diseases related to that part of the body but it's like i can imagine if you don't have an accurate knowledge of the anatomy it can uh make certain things that are going on more confusing so hopefully there'll be some breakthroughs soon about that that'd be really cool from this article it seems that like quinn said they updated the medical textbook it's an organ but they haven't clarified what the very, very, very specific function is as a whole. Which is like, hmm, interesting. Maybe they just don't think we need to know. <laughs> so in less exciting and beautifully pure news, we have more uh, filth being spewed from the mouth of our president-elect, if I may. <laughs> well, from the keyboard of our president-elect. I feel like just his main form of communication is Twitter. Like, that's how he connects with the public, via Twitter. Official spokespeople from his team have been like, yes, he will use Twitter to communicate importantly, important policy decisions. And I'm like, haha, we're all going to die. So Trump took to Twitter this time to say that he is, in fact, still standing against the United States intelligence agencies that are saying that Russia had some influence into our election. Um... And is, in fact, in this case, siding with Julian Assange, the um, creator, perpetrator of WikiLeaks, and saying that, no, nah, it wasn't Russia. Definitely wasn't Russia sourcing these uh, leaks. Could have been anyone. Even though, and I repeat, the American intelligence agencies have 
assess that it was Russia um, and there was Russian influence. And yes, and then after, um, after Trump's discussion with Assange, he tweeted, Julian Assange said, a 14-year-old could have hacked Podesta. Why was DNC so careless? Also said Russians did not give him the info. Exclamation point. Which, of course, all of that is really ridiculous because we have evidence that um, that the Russians did, in fact, hack the RNC but didn't release documents from them. Um, also, no. <laughs> like, we, I mean, I don't know. Maybe a really smart 14-year-old could have hacked the DNC. I don't know what the DNC security was, but it apparently wasn't enough. Um, but we do know, in fact, that the RNC had security breaches as well, just not... Uh, to the same publicized extent that the DNCs were. So basically, what Quinn and I are saying is objectively, as 14-year-olds, Quinn and I would have not been able to hack the DNC. At 14, I could barely tie my shoes. I was not hacking anything. (laughs) I think the most technologically advanced thing I did was, like, update my AIM messenger. Or, no, update my AIM, like, profile picture thing. But regardless with this whole thing, there's not... So basically, there hasn't been a lot of more information that's come out about this. Although, oh my god, Trump also said that he was spo- he's supposed to get intelligence briefing about this. And he was like, it was pushed off until Friday. Maybe they need more time to gather evidence or something like that. And then people were like, uh, no, it was always scheduled for Friday. That is a lie. I wonder if Trump has an agenda. Not like a political agenda, because, okay, we can... Anyways, like an agenda book, an assignment pad, if he writes down what he's supposed to do for each day. And I just feel like, at least in my agenda, I like write like funny things to myself. I just wonder like what Trump writes, like tweet this provocative statement at like 4.02 p.m., like things like that, you know? That seems like an SNL skit waiting to happen. Oh, it should be. I should write for SNL. Oh my god, you should write for SNL. (laughs) But yeah, regardless, there's not actually a lot of new information about this, so we're not going to spend too much time talking about it. But we just wanted to continue to point out um, that the person who is in a few weeks going to take an oath to uphold the Constitution um, is in fact on the verge of treason as we speak um, from the way that he is siding with foreign powers against our own government systems. Yeah, so... That's a bit concerning. Yeah, like, it's actually, the odds of him getting impeached are genuinely very high from his behavior. What would happen if he gets impeached? Pence takes over? Uh Uh-huh. I think that makes it worse. I'm not sure, but it's not good either way. (laughs) I'm sure this will come out more in the future. We just wanted to touch on that briefly, but we did want to shift to another kind of related topic that... I have a lot to say about, uh, which is Megyn Kelly, who I don't think we've actually talked about at all yet, so this should be interesting. No, we haven't. So, Megyn Kelly is a very talented news reporter slash journalist, and she's been on Fox News for, what is it, 15 years? Something like that. Like, a a long time. She's one of the fixtures of that network. Mm -hmm. Like, she has her own program, and she's having her last episode of that program air on Friday um, because she is actually leaving Fox News. She's going to NBC. Yep. So this is coming at the end of her contract. She didn't um, 
breach a contract or anything, but the fact that she's choosing to leave is a pretty big deal. First of all, because she has been at Fox for so long and is one of, if not the biggest star um, of Fox, definitely the most mainstream star, I would say. Uh, she's more of an independent um because even though Fox is definitely a right-wing network um, and represents a lot of right-wing personalities, that uh, Megyn Kelly has always been more of an independent and has not been afraid to speak out against Republicans and Democrats alike, um, including Donald Trump, who she had an incident with uh, earlier when she n- moderated one of the Republican debates. Um, he was not a fan of her because she asked tough questions, and she said, well, I'm asking tough questions. Um and more recently, it came out that Roger Ailes, who was the head of Fox News, um, basically was sexually harassing a lot of the people at Fox. Um, several several women came forward to talk about this. And he did leave Fox amidst all of this. And Megyn Kelly was one of the women who did say that, yes, uh, she was sexually harassed by Ailes. So a whole lot of stuff uh, going on with her, which makes her move very interesting. And she has, sorry for um, my blender, um, she's been on the show for 12 years. I mean, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> just just for all those people, yeah. So what do you think about Megyn Kelly? I'm not going to say the line, but it is the only way I can express myself. And I have mixed feelings about Megyn Kelly. I think, no, don't get me wrong. Like I think she is a beautiful, accomplished, talented brilliant woman and I like respect her so much because she's just an incredible asset to Fox News and her career has just been like she's basically one of our power ladies that like we look up to um I just don't know how I feel about her personally so I guess that's not really that doesn't give me any merit to not like her because I'm not like I don't talk to her every day or ever um I've never spoken to her but um well, thank you for clarifying that you're not uh, best friends with Megan Kelly. <laughs> Just in case you were wondering. <laughs> yeah, I think we can say uh, Megan Kelly is not a very warm person, which again, like, is uh, fine. I feel like I really like Megan Kelly despite of myself. Like, I, I, I definitely think that if we were having a conversation, we'd have major disagreements. But at the same time, she's an incredibly powerful woman who wears high heels, which is a, a personal weakness of mine. No, exactly, yeah. I feel like she could kill me. Do you feel like that? I feel like she could kill me, but I wouldn't be mad at her if she did. Same. <laughs> like, does that make sense? I feel like that is not logical at all. But I feel like she'd just be like, okay, I'm going to assassinate you now. And I'd be like, okay, you make some good points. <laughs> You know, she, like, just didn't say anything and just, like, went for it. This is the weirdest episode. Okay, so... (laughs) This whole incident, like, everything going on with her does call into some really important questions about Fox News and where Fox News is going and where her career is going. Because there's kind of... There's a lot of attention being put on her right now. And she is taking a risk by moving to NBC. Um, It's, like, a totally mainstream station uh, instead of having the... Like, the people who are fans of Fox News tend to be, like, really big fans, whereas people who watch NBC are just people who watch NBC. So she's, in a way, having to build up a new base of listenership um, from a different pool of people. Yeah, so, like Quinn said, she's addressing a much broader 
um, population. And also, I feel like it's not that she has very strong political views in terms of like very liberal or very conservative because she is an independent. But I'm just, I don't know. I feel like I'm a little worried for her, even though I just spent like this these past five minutes like saying how blah, 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 mixed feelings, whatever. Um, but no, like, I'm like, I'm like worried for her. Like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a tough move. Definitely risky. I think at this point, she trusts that she has enough star power to bring her own audience to her shows there. Yeah. And also, I feel like she wouldn't be wrong about that, you know? So that's totally fair. I mean, we can never know for sure. We'll have to find out as she makes this transition. But I, I do think that she is one of the biggest names in news media right now and does have the power to command an audience, at least at first. People want to see what she's going to do. And this whole move also signals the shift of her positioning herself as a more mainstream person um, and more independent rather than um, conservative. That I think, like, being on Fox News pushed her um, to a more conservative side just by where she was. Um, and this may allow her uh, more breathing space in either direction, per se. And But on the flip side, it also shows Fox News um, going more right-wing than it is um, and more of in a pro-Trump direction because the rumor is that they are planning to replace her with a broadcaster who is pro-Trump. Yeah, I don't have mixed feelings about that. I'm not a huge fan at all. Um, so glad we got that cleared out of the way. <laughs> like Again, this gets, just gets back to the question of the difference between being a conservative and being a Trump supporter and the ways that his nomination to president-elect are blurring those lines um, in the mainstream Republican Party, which is really problematic. I just also think it's problematic from, like, an everyone standpoint because, like, obviously no, not, obviously many people are not Trump supporters, but I feel like I know people who didn't necessarily vote for Trump, but it's not like they're rooting for him, as in like, yeah, like go Trump. It's like, kind of hoping for the best that he doesn't mess up everything and. Is that like sort of rooting for him or is that, I don't know what that, I don't know how you would describe that, that feeling. Just kind of the, the, we're going to see and hope for the best as opposed to trying to work against him. Yeah. As a, like, um, like I have some very close family members that are obviously very conservative, but they are not, they don't like Trump. But after he won, it was like, okay, this is bad, but there's nothing right now that I, like, as a person, just a regular resident not in politics, can really do about it. So I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope for the best and hope that he surrounds himself with smart people that will basically do all the um, high-end political stuff. So would you call them Trump supporters? I think I would call them Trump enablers. Interesting. I see that as not not supporting him, per se, but saying... um, but granting him legitimacy? Yeah, I like, I just don't know. Because I feel like enabling is sort of, would you say enabling is like a synonym for condoning? I would say, an, I, I well, I'm using enabling as in allowing something to happen and in a way helping it happen by allowing it. Okay. So not necessarily that they're, supporting or trying to help Trump in any way but because he is in a position of power here by not standing against him they are saying 
he can go ahead and um, do what he wants. Is that is that a fair assessment? No, like the, like everything you say makes sense, but I like just like wish I could like repeat like the specifics of this conversation because they like they made it sound they basically pretty much did what you said they did but I don't know just for some reason it didn't feel like enabling to me you know and I like can't support that at all it was just like a gut feeling of just like me being there so I just need to come up with another word that's I just need to come up with another word that's not necessarily more positive than enabling just like different Okay, and if you if you come up with another word that you feel like describes it better, uh, feel free to share. But it also might just be the difference between like those people ex- sort of defending their decision and me trying to assess it fairly. But also, I do I am critical of that decision. Um, so we are coming that, up that from different perspectives. So it's going to sound different when we describe it. No, yeah, that's fair. But who knows? Maybe I'll just have to make a make up a new word. We'll see. Please make up a new word. Uh, Let us know the name for these people. (laughs) So to circle that back to the Fox News question, um, like all all of these pieces together are are what I mentioned earlier with this idea of um, the whole Republican Party shifting towards Trump. I feel like there was this hope that the the GOP would kind of drag Trump to a mainstream conservative position. Um, and that we haven't really seen any evidence of that happening. Rather, we've seen um, him pushing uh, the GOP it towards his direction, which is not a fun direction. Um, and so even with things like like Fox News, um, which is like the most popular mainstream, right, like explicitly right wing news source, um, is is looking like it's going to ally itself more towards a pro Trump light um, rather than. a a critical traditional conservative perspective which it's it's just all these little things of um that i feel are legitimizing the trump presidency rather than making the decision to stand against him okay i'm really glad you brought that up because i'm sort of like a little disappointed i don't know yeah disappointed that not more people within the party are standing up against Trump because I feel like a lot of people sort of expected that to happen. And so now that word enabling makes sense to me. But, okay, but, like, I'm talking about, like, you know, people that, like, my family members who, like, have no, like, nothing involved, like, they're not involved in politics. Like, like the most they could do would just be, like, speaking out against him on, like, social media and, like, talking about it constantly, which is just, like, something they don't do just because, like, they're very private people. This is actually, this this applies to, um, like, your family that you're talking about, but also everyone is, I, I think there's this general sense um, in just all American people that we're powerless, <laughs> which, to be fair, is true in a lot of ways. Um, is like we vote people into power and then they make decisions for us, which is really stressful uh, and freaks me out. But like we understand why this system is the way it is. But on the other hand, like as we have seen, um, that there there are ways to push power and to push the hands of the people in power. And I, I'm not I'm not even talking specifically about your family anymore. Like individual people make their own individual decisions. But just like as, as a general thing, and I want to say, um, because this actually leads into the next story we're talking about, is that when people do uh, call their representatives and show up and protest and especially campaigning um, for people that they believe in and even running for political office, like um, 
uh, a woman on Relay FM Network, Brianna Wu, uh, who has never held public office, is planning on running for the U.S. House Rep- Representatives in 2018 because of um, her reaction to the recent presidential election. So that, that's obviously like a, an extreme example. That's if you really feel that the best choice for you is to um, be one of the people in power themselves. But I also think that even though we don't have direct power um, the way that representatives and lawmakers do, we do have a voice and maybe one person can't affect any change, but when ties of people work together, it does matter. Yeah, I also feel like I'm severely biased when it comes to this because I just don't feel comfortable calling my 96-year-old grandmother an enabler. <laughs> and she's just like trying to be optimistic. I mean, I'm not saying go home and tell your family they're enablers. I was just weird. <laughs> no, 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 I just, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I, I feel this whole election has kind of shifted the paradigms of how we think about politics and how we think about everyday people and their relationship to politics. And so I'm trying to think of like new ways um, and new words to use. And yeah, like Quinn said, not even just our jobs as like citizens or like our paradigms, but also like like we said in last week's episode the definitions of like fake news like just this election and this this year has just been filled with um a lot of a lot of just new new material that we have to work with mm-hmm. so moving on to the story that i just alluded to uh we had a very tumultuous start to 2017 in the republican party surprise the republicans decided to completely nix the idea of the Office of um, Congressional Ethics. Um, so basically, the um, Office of Congressional Ethics is just to make sure that like nobody's doing anything too illegal, as in like corruption and bribery. You know, pretty pretty important things. Um, but it's like an independent office, so like Congress doesn't have control of this. And so what was suggested um, that the Republicans were sort of going for was oh like let's just put this office in um let's just put this office in the hands of congress um and not make it and have it not be independent anymore which to me kind of sounds like when you're in high school and you take a test and then the teacher's like okay now like do your own like test corrections and you like grade your test yourself yeah so this office was set up And importantly, this office was set up in response to uh, incidences of corruption. Um, So they did want an independent body. And to be fair, like it has been a controversial decision. Um, Politicians on both sides of the line have criticized the youth of an uh, independent committee um, for for investigating uh, representatives because they think that there is because there is a House Ethics Committee and so some people think that um, they should be in charge of governing their peers, but uh, we have seen in the past that they may be more lenient than an independent body. And from my perspective, I think it's better to be too harsh rather than too lenient on our elected representatives. I think they should be held to a high standard and a higher standard than the average person. The point of having like an ethics committee or an ethics office is to make sure politicians are held to a high standard and that they aren't like accepting bribes or doing corrupt things which is like that's a totally legitimate function but what if you bribe the ethics committee um 
I mean, I think that's technically a possibility, but I think also one of the benefits of having it be independent is that these aren't elected officials. Um, so, like, what are you going to bribe them with? Just money? Yeah, but, like, they'll probably go to jail for their whole life if they get caught. So, like, how much money you're going to give these people that it's worth them violating ethics laws? Yeah, like the expected value and like utility and stuff. Oh, I'm so proud of you just like using everything you know about econ in everyday life. Oh, this just makes me so happy. Okay, that one was just common sense. <laughs> okay, I know, but we were talking about like utility and stuff. Sure, sure, Jillian. I think I actually brought up like the terms expected value and utility, so never yes, mind. Yes, you did. <laughs> so, Quinn, I'm just so happy you have common sense, <laughs> but... um. So, and so during this closed door meeting, um, the Republicans voted to basically strip this body of a lot of its power, um, including putting it entirely under the oversight of the House Ethics Committee. So basically, there wouldn't be like an independent body anymore. Um, it wouldn't have the the power to investigate uh, cases the way that they need to be investigated. Um, there was a possibility that they wouldn't be able to talk to the press or any out. They wouldn't be. Oh, that that's what it was. They wouldn't be able to take anonymous sources anymore, um, which could be a huge crippling factor into some of these investigations. And so when it was announced that they had made this decision, there was a huge public outcry. And can we just talk about, even even aside of the details of this specific incidence, how bad that looks? Like, Literally, the Republican Party is under so much scrutiny right now because of this election and because of Trump. And what did they decide to do to get rid of the ethics committee? Like, they couldn't have picked something with any other name? Literally any other committee. And it's, like, the um, the majority of the Republicans who wanted this were sitting, were going against um, Paul Ryan and actually even Donald Trump, which is kind of shocking, at least. Yeah, in a weird turn of events, Paul Ryan didn't support this action. Um, but then also Trump tweeted against it. <laughs> but I'd like to point out that Trump did act- did not actually say not to get rid of this ethics committee. He said it shouldn't be a priority right now, which is a different thing. Okay, that is true and fair, but he... It could have been, I don't know, I feel like it still could have been a lot worse. Like, to, at least to the, at least to me right now, for like five seconds, there was like a tiny glimmer of hope that maybe the world will not combust into flames. Um, if it does combust into flames, at least we're pushing it back a little bit. You know what I mean? So that, to me, is slightly positive. I like how that's our standard now. Yeah, that's really sad. But I am trying to look for the silver lining. <laughs> well, there is that. But also, and of course, very quickly, the Republicans decided to, in fact, strip this um, out of the rules that they were going to propose, and they are no longer trying to gut the ethics committee in this way, uh, partially in response to the Trump tweets. And uh, from what I alluded to before, a large part of it was because of a huge uh, outrage of calls and contacting representatives of people who are very not happy with this. There are so many reasons to have problems with this, um, even beyond just pure politics. Like, even if you think that the ethics committee needs to be revised or looked at or whatever, um, which I do not know the innate workings of this particular committee, that could be a completely valid argument. Like, 
I, I feel like even those people um, do not think it's a good idea to just get rid of it right away. Let's just do that. That looks good. Um, so there were a lot of people for many, many different reasons who had a huge problem with this. This whole scenario, like this whole situation just reminds me of like that line that is always repeated in the Disney movie, Meet the Robinsons, where they're just like, in like a few scenes, they're just like, I don't think this plan was carefully thought through. <laughs> but like the way they say it's just like so funny every time, even though they say it like five times throughout the movie, it just never gets old because it's so true <laughs> in this scenario. <laughs> that is hilarious. And I'm going to use that from now on. <laughs> but that's, that's honestly so true. It's like, did anyone... Did anyone think about this? Well, besides Paul Ryan, apparently, who was like, no. <laughs> but yeah, I, just, I feel like one of the themes of today's episode is apparently like, what's happening in the Republican Party? Who knows? Um, because it, this really was a bit of a mess. Like, there were divisions within the party. There were divisions between representatives and constituents. There was divisions between um, representatives and the president-elect. And lots of different perspectives coming at this. And so it, it really shows that there having issues coming out as a unified front, which, I mean, we probably would have been able to guess after the election results. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things shape up in the next few weeks, um, especially uh, with the inauguration. Uh. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you very much. We're actually, we're, we're only going until inauguration and then everyone dies, so we're going to stop. <laughs> I feel like it's like, I feel like if we wrote a book and like we were the authors of our book, like this would be like the zombie apocalypse and then we would have like a cliffhanger and like with the intention of like the author like coming back to like finish it up but then just not coming back ever welcome to 2017 <laughs> but in more positive news kim kardashian is back on instagram so three months <laughs> three months ago kim kardashian um was robbed and held at, and held at gunpoint um, at her hotel at her hotel in Paris um, while her husband was on tour and basically a lot of jewel expensive jewelry was stolen and this was this was obviously a traumatic event so she took some time off from um, social media including Instagram which is honestly such a huge contribution I think to her net worth because she gets paid millions of dollars for every promotional picture. Um, and the fact that she didn't post for like three months, 90 days or whatever is that's, that's a lot of un, yeah, that's a lot of missing potential millions. Um, but yeah, so she's back on Instagram and she, the first picture that she posted again was, um, a picture of her and Kanye and like their children with the caption family, which I think is very cute. And you made a good point there that this isn't, like, Kim Kardashian doesn't just use Instagram for fun. I mean, this is a huge basis of her career and her fan base. So taking three months off of it is actually, like, that's basically, like, taking three months off of your job. Um, only when you're fabulously wealthy enough that it doesn't actually matter in the long run. So, ugh, but whatever. Wait, not even your job, though. Because, like, I just feel like how hard is it to upload a picture to Instagram? I feel like it's not even this, it's not even, like, turning down your job at this point it's like turning down just paychecks that you get for minimal work so like oh it's fine she's still she's she's fabulous 
if you haven't listened to an episode where we talk about Kim Kardashian before, uh, yes, she is on our list of our favorite power ladies. And yes, this list is full of problematic people. And no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I just admire businesswomen, all all of them. I admire I admire all all women, all women. <laughs> um, I just distracted myself there thinking about all women. So anyway, I'm I'm excited that Kim Kardashian's back. I don't even follow Kim Kardashian on Instagram, but um, Jillian is happier when she's around. So. <laughs> It just gives us so much more to talk about that's not politics <laughs> on stuff that we can, like, discuss. <laughs> you added, like, 12 pieces of Kardashian news into the doc today, and I was like, how do you even know all these things? Yeah, I feel like I need to change my pop culture sources because it's getting a little repetitive. <laughs> I, I'm sensing a common theme. <laughs> no, but okay, so you also introduced this topic about kylie wait i need to check okay this is the problem is i don't know which one is kendall and which one is kylie like i understand that there are two of them but i could not tell you which one is which i'm trying to think of a way to describe them to you like but i'm just but like they're both dark haired they're both in the kardashian jenner clan they're both stunning and they're both filthy rich so i can see where where one would be confused and mixed up since they're basically just two flawless people but individually flawless um so pretty much kendall is the really tall and skinny one and she models and she's best friends with Gigi Hadid and they know they casually do really cute best friend things like walking the Victoria's Secret fashion show which is something that I wish me and my best friends did um (laughs) Quinn we 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 need to get into next year's Victoria's Secret fashion show (laughs) that will be our new year's resolution okay yeah that's a plan (laughs) and Kylie makes all of her money from um Instagram from doing promotions so she's actually um, actually, you said this. She's actually the second wealthiest uh, Kardashian slash Jenner behind Kim. And she makes a lot of her money from both her app, which you can just like, where you figure out when you can buy her exclusive makeup kit, which apparently is actually pretty good from what I've heard. I don't really wear like makeup or lipstick or any of that fun stuff so like I can't really tell but from what I've heard like my friends who've used it they said it's like actually really good like very high quality all right I'll take their word for it so basically Kylie has like I said before Kylie makes a lot of her money from her app which you can buy apparently for like two dollars and 99 cents which is like I don't know. That's more than I would pay for a nap. Um, I think my max is like 199 but also I'm a college student falling on a budget so regardless um But anyways, so basically on this app, she like uploads like different details about her life. Like it's basically a blog in app form that gives more of an insight to her life besides her um, Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat. Oh my God. I wish people would pay $3 to know about my life. Oh, I know, right? Except my life would be, like, very boring, so it would probably not even make... It would probably be one of the free apps that, like, nobody would buy that iTunes eventually takes down (laughs) to save room for the other apps that are ten times more interesting. I mean, I would pay at least a dollar for an app that you posted about your life because it would have a lot of good puns, and I feel like those are quality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Quinn likes my puns. And also, sometimes I'm funny. I think you're very funny. (laughs) Thank you. 
Um, I wish my parents said the same. So anyways, Kylie Jenner also had something scandalous happen. Um, basically, so she has this app that's $2.99, and she posted a very personal post about, like, the different ways that you can, that her and, um, Tyga keep their relationship spicy. I will never, ever describe any relationship I have, either with a person or with, like, Chipotle as spicy. It just, it just makes me uncomfortable. But anyways, so... Um, basically it was just like a list of ways to keep their relationship fresh and exciting. And one of the things on the list, um, was like, oh, don't forget to like spoil your man with like gifts and like toys and blah, 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 which he like has a problem with. And also, of course, and also this post was apparently, um, posted without her knowledge, without her approval. And she had never seen it or I don't know, like the way she explained it on her Twitter was more straightforward than what I'm explaining it now. But basically she was like, oh, like, I would never post this. Like, I've never seen this before. But then, like, then who's coming up with this content? Like, is your best friend telling us how to keep your to keep your relationship with Tiger Spicy? Like, I don't know. Like, if I'm paying $2.99 to be a member of, like, Kylie Jenner's fan base that knows everything about her life, I want Kylie Jenner posting things on her app. I mean... As, as I, I don't have the app, but I'm saying, like, if I did have the app as a self-professed fangirl, like, that's what I would want, at least, you know? True. Uh, side note, this is your regular reminder that uh, Kylie Jenner and Tyga started dating when Kylie was underage, and Tyga was not, and that makes their relationship potentially illegal. Mm, anyway, just, like, this is clearly, like, there's a lot of messed up stuff here, um, and the fact that Kylie Jenner is 19 routinely freaks me out in many ways um but also just like the fact that she's making this much money on an app that she clearly was not totally writing on before um and also is explicitly not writing on now is like what are you what are you even selling people right now you're just selling them the idea that they have your app uh Quinn I want an app on your life I want an app on your life I want to get those puns yeah also additionally if people would still buy this app, even though I said that I wasn't going to be posting on it, that my team was going to be posting on it, and yet people still bought it and I had just had to do less work, that is also kind of like a power move right there. Honestly, I don't even blame her. If I could get people to pay $3 for an app about me, I would. That's great. That's free money. So basically what Quinn and I are saying are we are going to open, we are going to make our own apps about our lives, but we're just going to run each other's account. Because that's basically the same. <gasps> That's such a good idea. <laughs> I think we should invest in this. I think this could be a great business opportunity. I know some app developers. So it's a new year and we're back doing our listener questions. So if you rate us five stars in iTunes and say something nice about us and then ask us a question, we will answer it on the podcast. And today's question is from Steve, who asked, if we were stranded on a desert island, what five items would we bring? And I actually had a question about this, which is that are we stranded together and we get five items collectively, or are we stranded on different islands and we get five items each? In order to clarify that, we will be answering both. So Quinn, do you want to? <laughs> let's, let's answer separately and then we'll pick our the five best collective items. I honestly did not think about this very much ahead of time. So we're going to do this on the fly. We, neither of us did. So this will be fun. I would bring, I'd bring a good book. First of all, it's hard for me to pick which book I would bring 
Right now, I would say The Name of the Wind, which is the first book in the Kingkiller Chronicles. Um, I Because it's a really big book and I haven't read yet. I'm going to trust that it's good. I'm going to trust all of you that it's good and bring it to the desert island with me to read. Um, I would bring a water bottle because that's just important. Um, I feel like I could figure out how to get water there because I read a lot of uh, shipwreck books. Um, but I need a water bottle to store it in. I would bring one of those um, cartons, just like as many as many granola bars as I could bring. I would bring that many granola bars. And I would bring sunscreen because if you've never seen a picture of me, I am maybe the whitest person who has ever been born. And I've thought about this before and honestly, I would not get very long without sunscreen. Hey, Quinn from the future here. So at this point in the podcast, I described how I'd bring a musical instrument so that I wouldn't be bored and I'd have music, but apparently it just stopped recording here. So now you know what I said. And back to the podcast. Um, so I don't do like, I like hiking and I like being outside, but I am not what some would say could survive the elements. So I feel like me wasting all of my energy to try to get off the island would just not work and would just be like a waste of effort when I could be concentrating on things that could make me happy on the island. So um, I would bring some sort of way to purify water. Um, so like I could drink water and then I could use, um, use water in general. Um, fresh water would always be good. What do I really need? Because the things that I use every day, it's like computer, phone. It's like, well, I'm not going to bring my wireless router. Um, the service is probably not that good in wherever this is. Um, ooh, a Snuggie. I'd bring a Snuggie because I might be cold, but like I want to, because I'm trying to consolidate my items into five items. And so it might be cold, but like the Snuggie could also be like a robe and a blanket and also like some clothing to wear while I hunt for my food with um, a spear, which is my third item. <laughs> you know there are real weapons now, right? Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, like, the world, like, real weapons exist in the world. You could have said something besides spear. <laughs> I thought we were doing this, like, old school, old school. Like, I have, like, nothing. You said water filter. <laughs> okay. I can't even argue against that because you're totally right. So, you know what? I'm still keeping, <laughs> I'm still keeping spear. I'm still keeping spear. Four. Ooh, shelter. I bring, if we're going like all technology advanced stuff, I bring one of those like really nice like tents. And then my fifth item, I want to say I'd bring a book, but I know the book I'd bring is just not, like I don't want to say the book I'd bring because it's just so, ugh, okay. Tell me, tell me. It's actually not that scandalous at all. I would just, <laughs> I would probably bring the Bible. <laughs> And I know that's, like, a very typical response. And, like, I'm I'm a practice... I, like, practice um, practice Catholicism, but, like, I wouldn't say, like, I'm a diehard Catholic and that, like, reads the Bible on a regular basis. But from a literary perspective, the Bible's actually, like, very interesting. Like, there was a lot of drama in the Old Testament. Like, there is hella drama. Um, so I feel like that would keep me entertained. And also, you know, like... Psalm of Psalms, that's some, like, nice poetry. Pretty much the Bible just covers all genres. So, yeah, so that's the book I bring. And those are my five items. That was a good response. That's a good choice. Okay, so we if we have to consolidate with the both of us, um, I'm going to say we should keep the tent. I think we can... 
and we decided we wanted to keep the musical instrument. Yes, and we're keeping the water filter, but we're not keeping my spear because we have your granola bars. So we'll keep the water filter and the granola bars, and then can we keep the sunscreen, please? Snuggie or sunscreen? Snuggie or sunscreen? Okay, fine, but what SPF is it? Like 50. Okay, I'm totally okay with that, but I don't want it to be the one that you have to like, can it be the spray one? At this point, I'd like to point out that we're not actually going to a desert island, Jillian. (laughs) You never know. I mean, honestly, with the way, like, Trump might be running this country, a desert island might not seem like a bad idea. So, Quinn, I'd like to be prepared for all possibilities. All right, in that case, we can compromise and bring the spray as long as it's got a high enough SPF. Okay, sounds good. Okay. And that is our answer. (laughs) That took, like, that was, like, the length of one of our topics. Yeah, but, like, it's fine. All right, and that is everything for today. Quinn from the future again, because I I don't even know what happened in this episode. But uh, we actually forgot to mention that we will not have an episode next week because Jillian is going to be traveling and can't record. So very sorry about that. Just not going to be able to work next week because we are both all over the place. But we will be back uh, regularly scheduled Thursday two weeks from now. Okay, thank you. So you can find us on Twitter at MixedFeelingsFM, where you can uh, tweet at us or send us a DM if you have feedback. You can also find us at Relay.fm slash MixedFeelings, where there is a contact form on that page to also get in touch with us. You can find me on Twitter at AspiringRobotFM. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jillian Parker. Thanks for joining me today, Jillian. Thanks for joining me, Quinn. It's always a pleasure. Um, I'm Jillian Parker. I'm Quinn Rose. And these were our Mixed Feelings. I think I should just rewrite the Oxford Dictionary. That, what? I don't know. I feel like, have you ever felt like there are so many words in the English language that, like, obviously everyone calls a book a book, but what if it was called something else? Then it would be not English. No, I'm trying to, at least with color, no, no, like with colors. Okay, I feel like a book, using a book was a bad example because you can trace back, like, the history of the word book forever, but, like, colors. Like, I feel like those, that's pretty random. Why not make them, not make them as just as random, but have like more fun names? <laughs> what? Sorry, I, this is, a, can we just like cut this entire segment now? Cause this is just me like having an identity crisis. Okay, I'm sorry.